This is Season 7, Episode 9 of Beyond the Illusion, Thriving Amidst Challenges. In a world where the reality of life's challenges unfold endlessly, we struggle to find a foundation that never seems to take form. From the freedom of being your own boss to the discomfort of the corporate world, the unexpected twists of life reveal themselves. In all the chaos, a profound shift occurs as nature becomes the catalyst for self-discovery and transformation. As you immerse yourself in the vastness of the universe, you begin to see the interconnectedness of it all. And now the question lingers, what awaits us on this journey of awakening? Yeah, I'm really excited to just kind of catch up with you. It's so funny because we have Monday meditation and we're both pretty devoted to that, but it's not like we get a chance to really talk personally and catch up. And then we have this podcast every other Tuesday, but you and I are both so busy. So yeah, I don't know all of the stuff that's going on with you spiritually. So I'm excited to hear from you. Yeah, I know. Same here. We we never get a chance to really chat just the two of us because it's always someone else is always in the conversation or yeah, we're, we're at meditation or something like that. I know you sent me kind of a list of questions or topics we could talk about, but I thought one of the things I should probably explain is, because it's right on the top of my mind too, is my life situation where I've gone back to the corporate world. Just kind of how weird that is too, to go from working for yourself for like over two years and then back to that where you're working for someone else again. And yeah, it's weird because that's one of the biggest things I feel like I'm missing out on is the Monday meditation where I used to go like religiously every Monday because I love it. And now I feel like I hardly ever can make it because something's going on right at that time. Like it literally is at the exact same time on Mondays where there is something happening at my work. So most days or most weeks I have to do that. And well, for me, it seems like, yeah, I do kind of live two separate lives or three because <laughs> I have my family home life and then my work life. And then, of course, my spiritual people and meditation and all that stuff that I like to do. So yeah, everybody has to put on a costume for the different scenarios you end up in life. It's called context switching. Just to be a, a regular, normal person, most people have to adjust how they interact with people based on the environment, right? So it's natural to do that. I feel like it's amplified for me. That's what I feel like is I have a lot of different interests and when I go to work, I feel like it's not really the appropriate place to bring up things that I really like to talk about or be a certain way. So it's weird. It's really weird to live in that situation. But yeah, I think the biggest thing right now is like, I, I wish I could make my Monday meditations more. From a spiritual perspective, why do you think you're going through that? Just what are you learning through going through this experience of having gone totally free and independent and then going back and what is that journey about? I've really thought about that a lot and I feel like part of it is believing in myself and just having faith that everything's going to be okay really no matter what. You know the corporate situation I hope my employer doesn't listen to this but <laughs> that, <laughs> well it doesn't sound like they're the kind of people that listen to these yeah, things. Yeah right? they're definitely <laughs> not but 
that situation in my mind at least is temporary because I'll always have in the back of my mind like how good it was to be your own boss just to be in control of your time really so I'll always have that in the back of my mind and I know I'll never be happy until I get back to that again and I just know that's part of who I am I just need that freedom the way I look at it now is like yeah it is a temporary situation so it's bearable because there are a lot of things that I don't really care for but it's kind of necessary in in the world we live in because if you want to maintain a certain standard of life you have to have money so that's my way of making money right now I think spiritually I feel like yeah, it's it's part of just me figuring out how to have enough faith in the universe and in myself to really just be on my own. And even if I have to adjust my lifestyle and to maintain that, then that's one of the sacrifices I have to make, then I have to do that. So yeah, it's really deep stuff. It's like a lot of insecurities there and a lot of fear and weird relationships with money and time. I've been in this situation pretty much my whole life adult life. So going back and forth, it was always like a repeating pattern kind of thing. But now that I'm aware of it, I feel like I'm going to break that pattern. It's just like a matter of being patient and doing it in a responsible way too as well, because I have a family. So I can't like (laughs) split and and then just be like, well, I can't deal with this guy. So you're going to have to figure it out. I can't do that either. And I'm not alone in this situation too. I feel like even many of my coworkers, when I really get to talk to them are feel pretty similar like no one no one really wants to be in a situation where you don't get to exert your free will as much as you want to because at the end of the day free will is primary that's one of the primary laws at least in my mind is whenever you're trying to take away someone's free will it's like a violation so giving your own free will away is is also a violation I feel like too when you're willingly participating in a situation that's not healthy for you or for anyone else in that situation, you're kind of perpetuating it. It's a problem, not just for me. It's like many, many millions of people are stuck in that situation where we kind of have given up our free will, not really for a great reason, just to be comfortable, I think. Yeah, I think you're right that there's a lot of people that struggle with that, right? That go on a spiritual path and then would like to feel like you can just be the same person throughout your day. You don't have to switch hats, but... How do I do that if I have a family and I have bills to pay and so forth? Do you have any advice for other people that are struggling through that right now? Yeah, actually I do. I feel like that's been part of why I've gone through this too, is also so that I could help other people who are in the same situation. There is something there. Like I can definitely learn from this and and help others recognize the things that I've recognized. Not that I can do really anything for them. Everyone has to do their own thing. They have to figure out their own solution. But any little bit of advice probably could help. You know, I do a lot of research and reading and all kinds of stuff. And the biggest thing I think is, well, first of all, like being aware like, hey, this may be a repeating pattern in my life. And just kind of thinking about your your thoughts and, and how you view the world and how you view yourself, that really kind of opened it up for me. Is like, oh, I do have this really weird relationship with the idea of not having enough. And it's not even true. So that kind of self-reflection, I think, is where you have to start. And then also 
the, the moments I've had the most clarity are when I've spent the most time outside. And I don't know why that is. It's a really, it's almost like magic or like a miracle. But when you're outside for an extended period of time, and it seems like the less stuff you have with you, the better it works. So I noticed one time. It's been 105 for like (laughs) two months in a row. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. But it seems like even though it's been so hot, you can still find time to be out there. It doesn't have to be like in direct sunlight. (laughs) You could just be in the shade (laughs) or in the evenings or in the mornings. That extended period of time outside, it does something to you. And I, I don't know what it is, but you suddenly start thinking differently. And it's almost like taking a drug, like a psychedelic or something. It does a similar thing, just not in such a radical way. I think when you're outside in nature, it can do a very similar thing to you as maybe ayahuasca or mushrooms or something, but just in a more gentle way. You start thinking clearly and you start to view yourself and your life in the world from a place that's fairly neutral. I think it's because you become more one with everything. And you start to lose your self-identity, like these ideas that we have about ourselves that we're just made up. I'm this business person. I'm this guy. I'm this, I do this. I do that. I like these things. I like that. It's all just a story that's kind of running through our mind all the time about ourselves. Like, here's how I see myself. Here's how I see the world. Here's how I see what happens. But when you're out in nature, you just feel absorbed by the universe after a while you start to stop playing that little story in your mind all the time. And then you're like, oh, wait a minute. I'm part of all this. There's no distinction here. We're, we're all part of this together. And so those have been my greatest moments of clarity where I started to realize, okay, these are just stories. These are just ideas that who knows where they came from. And they're not serving me anymore. And they're not serving my best interest or the world's best interest. So Maybe I can do things differently. And it's really awesome because I've come up with some awesome ideas and things that helped me tremendously at least come up with a plan to exit this whole system that I'm currently a part of where it's like this corporate machine. And it's not like anyone designed it this way, but it just ended up being a big trap. And then also the other thing is Yeah, I feel like that is a good way to help people. And I've also been thinking like I should start a retreat or something where I go on backpack trips or something with people and I don't do anything. I just take them and then they kind of figure that out on their own because I feel like that's the best way. You don't need someone to preach to you. Oh, here's what you got to do. Here's here's what you need. Just take them out there and let it happen to them. I feel like that's That's kind of awesome. Yeah. So I've been thinking and even Crystal, my wife, has really been like, you should do that. You should do that. And I have been thinking more and more that I will. Yeah. As a Taurus, you have that natural, deep connection to nature and mother earth. And you hold within yourself, just in your essence, this groundedness. And so a lot of times we think that we have to say or figure out things, but in addition to what people would get from being in nature from mother earth, I think also just the way that you are when you're in nature and you're holding that essence, people can receive that or resonate with that. And it would help them to align with it as well. So I love that you are not overcomplicating it. A lot of times we think the more complicated something is the better, but I think that that's a very pure 
way for people to heal and restore and balance and center and ground. And if it's something that you get excited about and you love, it's going to naturally draw people who are aligned with that. Is that something that you are thinking of trying out like by the end of this year or next year? Yeah. So for me, it's like, I have to do it myself. I have to go out and find a great place to do a little backpacking expedition. And I have some ideas. I just have to go out and actually do it. And then yeah, I think once I do it once, maybe I'll invite next time. Because people have already, whenever I bring this up, people are instantly like, oh, they invite themselves. They're like, because <laughs> I, I told <laughs> someone. Like, no, it's just, just me, just me and nature. But. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, I, I have to do this. And then they're like, oh, I'll go with you. And I'm like, wait a minute. I kind of need to do this on my own first. Because I really do actually feel I should do this myself because I really need a reset. I need it for myself, honestly. It also depends on where it is. I don't want it to be like extreme weather situation too. Right. So, so much of that now. Yeah. It's changing very, very quickly. So that is something to, if it's somewhere in the U.S., you could have a plan A or plan B. And if plan A starts to look like it's not viable, then you could switch it to, to plan B. Yeah. And I also feel like the more remote it is, the better it will be. But everyone can't do that. But sometimes people have physical limitations too, like. One of the people who wanted to go with me, they couldn't do what I have in mind. Their body just wouldn't hold up. So it also is going to depend on who goes, right? How you cater that to them, to their needs too. Because I don't want to take someone on a huge long backpacking expedition into the wild and then they can't make it back or something and we have to be rescued. So all yeah. these things have to be considered. And How long are you thinking? I mean, I'm sure you could have different offerings, but like you said right now, you're going to do it for yourself. I think a week long is for me, at least with my job and everything, I'm not going to be able to go for much longer than that. But also my kids in school and stuff. So Crystal and Lumi will have to, and they'll be fine without me, but um, yeah. they'll have to get by without me. So I don't want to be gone too long, but I feel like ideally like a month would be awesome. Complete so reset. Like is this primitive camping then? Or? Yeah, that's what I have in mind. Like some kind of primitive camping situation where the less things you take with you, obviously in a safe way, the better. So, you know, because if you go out into nature and you got a camper and you're hooked up to the internet, you might as well just stay home, I think, because uh -huh. what's the point? Like you should go out there and really be with nature. But I also think just a few days, like a weekend thing could do it too. That could be great. Yeah. I think that might be a good entry point for a lot of people. You could have different offerings. You could have one that's a couple of days and then a longer one and even get what you said about it, kind of just be out in nature and that's enough. But maybe at the end you could have a sharing circle and just let people share and that might be a good way for them to process or integrate. Yeah, definitely. Yes, something. And then maybe even some ceremony or something that we all decide is appropriate and yeah. yeah. Or maybe people could come in with a question or an intention mm -hmm. and then spend time in nature and then just sharing at the end and, and then the ceremony or something. I don't know. This is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Thank Great you. Idea. It's a cool way of doing something that I kind of already do, which is like I ask my higher self a question and then I'll go do something mindless, like take a shower or mow the lawn or something where I don't have to put too much thought into it. And then when I come back from that, I sit down and I write the answer, whatever comes to my mind and usually it's really good stuff 
So mm. what you said right now, oh, they could come with an intention and then go on this journey. And then at the end of the journey, they'll have the answer. That's just how it works. I don't know how, why, but that is how it works. So yeah, that's a great idea too. Yay, looking forward. I probably wouldn't join for like a whole week of primitive camping, but I definitely would for a few days when, when you have it up and running. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of excited about it too. And this is the reason I brought it up even is because um, I really have been looking for a way to integrate that part of my life, like the part of me that wants to be of service, right? Because I feel like currently I don't do enough in that area. And I really feel like I'm missing that part. That's also part of the motivation. I think that's the way that service is meant to be. And that's the times that we're moving in now. Again, not like I sometimes talk about this in Reiki class, like we're letting go of the the martyred healer <laughs> archetype and it should be win-win. That's what I like about Reiki is because I'm giving people healing and I'm getting healing at the same time. It's a really really nice thing, win-win, and in the same way. This is something that you love to do anyway, just for yourself. And then if others can also be there and they benefit, then it's a win-win. Yeah, Which absolutely. sort of segues into what I wanted to talk about, unless you still have more. Yeah, no, no. I, yeah, I, I <laughs> just that happened organically. <laughs> so one of the things I wanted to talk about as far as one of the big things for me this year has been this beautiful healing circle that I've been involved in. It's pretty cool. So it's a circle of five women and a couple of them have been guests on our podcast. So people will recognize these names or if you don't recognize these names, go back and listen to these episodes. There's Nicole Parrish and she is a professional psychic medium and so the way that it started was Nicole and another woman, Barbara Rowling. And so people in the Austin area, because I created this Austin Spiritual Awakening group, will know Barbara because she is one who was organizing and leading our Zoom meetups. She helps a lot with the Austin Spiritual Awakening group. So Nicole and Barbara had felt drawn or been together and messages started to come through. And Nicole has been connecting with spirits like all of her life, right? But this was something different where she kind of had a boundary around she didn't want to be a channel. She didn't want to have them speak through her, bringing their energy into her body. She wanted to kind of relay messages. And that's how she's been working with them all these years. She's really, really accurate. She's amazing. But it started to happen with her and Barbara, where these loving higher beings were coming through her. And so this was kind of a whole new thing. This message had come through about creating a healing circle. It's really beautiful. Like I kind of put a little bit of notes from one of the messages where they had said that these healing circles are happening all over the planet and they're going to become more and more prevalent that people are going to remember, relearn or learn for the first time that a highly significant way of healing is to feel in community. And so this idea, right, especially if you think about in the Western or especially in the American culture that we're in, how we're so individualized and we've lost a lot of that sense of community. And there is a lot of healing just in being community, but this is creating 
circles of healing in the community. So she'd said she was shown these communities of people, like five or even 20 people getting together to like pray or heal for one person. And then they showed her kind of around the globe, like more and more of these groups in the mall being connected uh, globally, collectively. And they said, it's going to be like a wave around the world, this wave of healing energy. And she was able to see that. And so it was really cool. So they got kind of called to create this circle. So there's Nicole and Barbara, and then another one of our guests that we've had, Lizzie Hernandez, she does homeopathy. And then another woman from our Austin Spiritual Awakening group, Bianca Butler. And Bianca, she's very intuitive. I think she does I still need to get one of the other things. She does like coffee grinds readings, but then she also does tarot and Barbara does crystal grids. And then they asked me to join. And so we all kind of come in with these different things that we do and different ways that we work. And there was a woman who had a tumor in her breast. And so we were coming together and it was asked that we would do three healing sessions but it was very open, not much structure. We were going to come in as we felt intuitively guided, just let it flow and see what happens, which is very exciting. But also none of us knew <laughs> what to expect to come in. I think we'd all met the person who we were going to do the healing on, but didn't know her that well. And so it was a really interesting, exciting collaboration. And there's so much in there to talk about. There are these crystal skulls, the person that we're going to work on, she has some crystal skulls and she's connected to the being or the consciousness that is connected to each crystal skull. So the beings connected with the crystal skulls were coming in and giving messages through Nicole, which was really interesting. And then Barbara and her partner, Charlie, they have this like amazing crystal collection. They'll go to these shows and feel called to like these big, beautiful crystals. And so coming together for this first session, there wasn't like a strong structure or plan. And I can't remember, I don't know if Nicole told Barbara or if Barbara just felt intuitively called to bring certain of these big crystals, not knowing what they're going to do, bringing them into the room. We're not sure what's going to happen with them. And we all come around and it was so fascinating. There was a sense of intuitively remembering that we've done this work together before in other lifetimes. There was the crazy thing that happened where a lot of times Nicole would say something like, oh, I'm, I'm getting the feeling that we should do this. And that's what I was hearing in my head at the same time, but I didn't say it because I wasn't sure. And that was happening oh. a lot where we would like all intuit or get the message like, oh, this is the thing to do now. And it was so open and fluid and there was so much energy. And the thing that Nicole had been told th through the channeling before was, Yes, we're gathering together to help this beautiful soul, but also it's a learning ground and a powerful healing for each of us. It's like an honor and a blessing to be able to participate. And it was going to help us to remember how to do this. Also, it's going to have a ripple effect in our life, in our community, and that we 
connected to other healing circles, just energetically around the world that are doing the same thing. And so it's interesting because we had originally created these certain timeline of dates for the three sessions, but as it turned out with our schedules and how some people were feeling very exhausted after the first one, like there was a lot of energy that we received that was processing through. And so they ended up being spaced out a lot more. And yet that whole time between the first session and the last session was like this healing container and all sorts of things, the ripple effects where I saw it in my life in my family of ancestry, sudden healings were happening between members of my family. People were popping back into my life that had drifted out. It was really neat to see the unexpected ways that it showed up in the, the healing in our lives. Each session was very different. Like maybe one session was a lot about family patterns and ancestral healing or other lifetimes and past lifetimes. A big theme had to do with the balancing and healing of the masculine and feminine energies. And that's a, a huge theme that I've seen in my life this year. And I've seen it a lot with my clients as well. We're working through some deep collective healing of old patterns unbalanced, unhealed patterns between the masculine and feminine. Definitely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so anyway, it was such a beautiful experience and to see us all shifting and transforming and also aligning and connecting through these healing circles, the five of us. And since then, there's a sense that this is something that we want to carry forward and so we're kind of talking about it now, like, what would that look like? How can we offer that to more people? But this idea of working more in a community way and in a collective way, this is really aligned with the Aquarian times that we're in, right? And even I've been into the Alice Bailey books or when we had my teacher, Chloe, the Rainbow Bridge Technique, a lot of it talks about how the times that we're in now, whereas before we used to focus on our own individual healing or evolution as a soul, we're really going to be focusing much, much more in a group way. When you work in a group way, it helps you individually, right? So you have this much greater field of energy that you're tapping into. So it's not like we're losing ourselves; We're really gaining access to a much greater field of energy and it becomes synergistic, right? It's like less effort for more shift. And that's been one of the themes for myself, for you and I both, when we had the numerologist on, and she talked about how you and I both have this karmic debt number, 19-1 life path. And that's been something that's been coming up for me is, so one of the things with the 19-1 is about the balance of power and also the 19-1s it said that we don't ask for help. <laughs> we don't like to ask for help. And that's a recurring theme for this year for me is that I struggle on my own and I try to just figure it out on my own and I don't want to bother anyone. And I found, so this healing circle of this five women, it's been so beautiful because I will catch myself struggling on my own. And then I'll realize like, oh, let me ask, not from a place of helplessness, which I guess like sometimes we can see it as polarities of either like, I'm going to do it all by myself and I'm self-reliant and I'm strong and independent, or I'm dependent. I need somebody to help me. 
but this whole idea of the healing circle is like the feminine empowerment of let's co-create together. It's like, oh, I don't have to do it all on my own. I don't have to struggle by myself. Let's co-create together. And then we together, this is what happened in the healing circle. We each bring a little something, but then when our energies come together, it's like one plus one equals 10. And so it's been such a beautiful theme and a wonderful shift that I'm still working through about coming from that perspective, shifting, even in my business, I'm looking at kind of where I can pivot or restructure some, because it's interesting because what you're talking about going back to work for someone else and how you have to give up your freedom, but it gives you that financial security. And for me this year, I started to write my second book, which is aligned with what I was talking about. It has to do with the balance of power. I'm calling it the dark awakening right now. It has to do with facing the darkness and finding empowerment. But then as I started to go back to all these journal entries from when I was going through my dark night of the soul, because that's a big part of what this book is about, this journey is about. I found that like echoes of that was coming back up because one of the big things for the, my dark night of the soul was feeling like I can't make it on my own in my business. It was like everything just went I don't know, it all disintegrated for no outer reason. It was all a spiritual lesson of kind of, you said this before, I think something like trusting there's a divine plan and being able to really trust that spirit's guiding me, even when it doesn't look like it. And, and so when I was going through the dark night of the soul, there was a feeling of, I can't make it on my own. And now there's the realization, like I said, oh, I don't have to make it on my own. We can have interdependence. We can co-create. But anyway, so this year I had some challenges again, financially and stuff like that. Not to the extent at all, but it's interesting because so many people I've talked to, I, I mean, of course I have more female friends or more female clients. So I'm hearing a lot more from the feminine. So I don't know if that's true of the masculine, but a lot of us have had this like similar thing, just being financially challenged. I think it's a huge overall theme that is related. Of course, right now we're in Venus retrograde, which has to do with our values and our sense of value. Like you were saying about believing your self-worth, there's some like huge themes and it has to do with the balance of the masculine and the feminine and the balance of power and how we can get through this together. And so for now I had to pause, I was working on my book and working on my book and the energy got really heavy actually. And there was a point where I was like, I think I need a little breather from this. I also realized I'm still living the lessons that will come for the book. I can't fully write the book until I live more of it. So I've put a pause on that for now. And I, maybe that book hopefully could be completed in 2024. And I've been focusing more on creating some online courses, which hopefully I'll have out by the end of the year. And then hopefully maybe co-creating some new things with others and doing more collaborations. That's really insightful of you to talk about the masculine and the feminine and then our self-worth and all that. It's so true. I mean, it's 
being played out in so many different areas of my life as well, where I can say, yeah, like, yeah, that's actually, I think it is like a, a wider thing. And I think people are starting to recognize that like, oh, we're all going through the same thing. Like I hear other people saying it too. And then, yeah, like financial things, like people who are very financially secure, being worried about it at my work, even and talking about it in a, in a weird way, like, hmm, it's just, yeah, I think it's a collective thing that people are generally just going through together, especially that balancing of the energies that there were things that played out in my personal life and my professional life that had to do directly with that directly with this imbalance that we've lived with for so long it's just been the the male dominated world and now it's like the day of reckoning has finally arrived and it's like hey this isn't working like if you're out of balance in one way or the other it's just gonna fall apart guys so can you tell me a little bit more about this healing circle this was fascinating because I feel like that's a really powerful way of doing it is like getting in groups and then combining your powers and seeing what happens. How did it work out for the woman that you were healing on? Did it, Has she found any positive effects from that or? Yeah, she was receiving a lot of inner shifts and insights. I, I mean, it would be good to check in. Gosh, when did we do that? So we did it like February, March, April. And then we've been sort of continuing to talk about collaborating, how we're going to do more of this. But yeah, so it's been a few months since I've heard from her. It would be really great to get another check-in with her and see now that some months have passed, how it's going for her really doing it not to try to get a specific outcome, very much like how when I practice Reiki. I think that's the thing about uh, healing or the way that my approach to healing, there's physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, right? And a lot of times our personality wants a very specific outcome, but so much is happening on different levels behind the scenes, or even what you're struggling with and what I'm struggling right now. And we might not see, there's so much happening below the surface or behind the scenes. And it, so it seems like, oh, why am I not getting the help or support I need? When we are, it's just not visible or it might be in a different way or it's not quite time yet. And so there's no way to know when that seed is fully sprouted, right? You might have this first level where it's a shift of feeling. Oh, I know she was feeling, because part of it was about getting back in touch with that juicy feminine aspect, right? The play and, and the pleasure and dancing and singing and feeling free because we do get really weighed down by getting things done and accomplishing things and so forth. And so it was like, she was tapping back into more of that essence of her energy. I'll have to give you an update later when I check in with her, but yeah. So of course we all really enjoy each other's company. So it's not like it's work, it's fun. Like we'd get together and we'd discuss it and so forth. And so figuring out how we could make that viable moving forward, because it did take a lot of, especially for maybe Nicole, who did a lot of channeling around it, that was bringing a lot of extra time and energy. So that's the thing is like we want to do these things, this group and community, but how can we make it viable? Because of course, everybody is so busy with all the things that we do. That's still being worked out, the model for how to do it. It really was something that it wasn't about having a 
set specific structure. So it's like showing up and trusting that whatever needs to come through will come through. And that was both exciting and a little frightening, right? None of us quite knew, but it was just really beautiful. Maybe at some point, you know what I was thinking for, it won't be this season because we're not quite there yet, but next season, we're going to hit the hundred episode mark. And what I thought would be really fun would be to reach out to the different guests that we've had over the years and get an update. Because of course, a lot of the people that are on our podcast are people that we know in some way. They've met, a lot of them have come through the Austin Spiritual Awakening Group or somebody that we know through the group. And so I've heard from a number of people like Nicole and Lizzie that I mentioned that were on the podcast, really cool stories about what happened since they've been on our podcast. Like Nicole had another professional psychic come and have a session with her and be so impressed by her that she asked Nicole to be a guest instructor for her psychic classes, things like that. And of course, Shannon and Russ are the astrologers that we have on regularly. And Shannon always tells me how so many people from all over the world come and have sessions with her and come from the podcast. And so I thought it'd be really cool to reach out to all these people, hear their stories, and then maybe have a few of them on at one time when we could all talk about it. What are your thoughts on that? Oh yeah, that's an awesome idea for sure. Yeah. I mean, we've kind of bounced that idea around for a while. We should just go for it because yeah, we ran into someone at the grocery store the other day and they're like, they knew my wife, but then they saw me and they're like, oh, you're from the podcast, right? And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess they were a big listener and they went to Shannon and everything for a session. And so, yeah, it is true. People actually, they use the services of our guests. And I love that. That's awesome. That's kind of why we do it really is just really to help other people out. So, yeah, that's a great idea because I wonder like what's going on with this person? Because I'll go back through the older episodes every once in a while and I'll think, oh, I remember mm -hmm. them. I wonder what's going on with them. In fact, I want to actually share something that's pretty interesting. So I've recently gotten into like whenever I have a free time to just relax and, and kind of decompress, I'll put on YouTube instead of Netflix. And because I guess the algorithm is so good now that I'm actually like, OK, yeah, this is good. I want to watch this. So it brings up different videos. And one of the little channels that I subscribe to shows people who have had near-death experiences. And as you can probably guess, my, my whole feed is just full of paranormal stuff because I'm mm -hmm. way into that. And so, yeah, near-death experiences, they kind of fall under that realm. Not, not really, but kind of. They show all these people and all their messages that they got from when it happened to them. And this channel is popular. It gets like minimum half a million views on every video. And so and some of them, What's get, it called? I forget the name of the channel okay. now, but it, some of them get into the millions and one of them came up and I was like, oh, I recognize this person. I wonder where I know them from. And I look at the name and it's Vinny Tolman. I was going to say, is yeah. it Vinny? <laughs> it was Vinny. And his had so many views. I mean, it was like half a million at that point. I'm sure it's more now. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is crazy because we know this guy. Yeah. He told his whole story and everything. He looks different now. He has a big beard and. He just looks a little different. And anyway, I went to his website. Boy, he gets a lot of traffic there too. You can tell he's done so many interviews. And the very first one that he has listed is our podcast. And so I was like, oh, that's pretty awesome. You know, this guy's pretty well known actually now for his story. 
And yeah, I was just wondering what happened to him. And I, I went and looked there and yeah, he's, he's done like dozens and dozens and dozens of big, big interviews, like, you know, where a lot of people have heard it. And uh, yeah, so I'm actually pretty proud that we were the first ones to interview Benny because his story was great. And I will say that I went through our stats on our um, episodes and his like dwarfs everyone else's. His episode had so many listens, like it's unbelievable. He kind of skews our numbers total just with that one episode. He moves the average. So yeah, I mean, it's cool. Like all the people that we've had on, I just feel like they're all so interesting and just such good people. We've been really lucky to find and have people find us actually, because sometimes people just find us and we have them on. But I, I was going to tell you that I, I don't know if I announced this on this podcast where I was going to do another one about extraterrestrials. Yes. Yes. That was one of the questions that somebody had was tell us an update about this other podcast. Okay. Yeah. So this is a whole story. This story has a couple of different parts that are pretty interesting. So I got really, really way into this and I was interviewing a lot of people for it. And I have probably like six or seven interviews recorded. Some of them are a couple hours long. I was putting together like a produced thing. It was taking me a long time because every episode was going to be a polished like storyline. And I had this whole concept in my head and I even had music and everything. And it was coming together really nicely. And then I came across this person who had also had experiences, but they were a psychic as well. So I scheduled a session with her and I had a psychic session. And she's like, yeah, you're going to be working on things. But what's happening there is like, apparently I have abilities too. And everybody does, right? And so every single time I go to a psychic, they tell me, oh, you're psychic too. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I feel like, yeah, that's true, but it's probably true for everybody. So anyway, she tells me this and she's like, no, you really are. What's happening right now is that you're exporting your thoughts out there and other people are picking up on them. So don't be surprised if what you're doing, you see happening out in the world from someone else. Kind of like that when you teach a monkey how to fish on one island, the monkey's on another oh, the island. Monkeys. Yeah, uh -huh. like they know how to fish all of a sudden without even teaching them. So she's like, that's what's going on with you. And I was like, oh, okay. And I didn't think too much about it. But then I was getting ready to put this first episode out and it was coming, it was almost done. And then I was going through my podcast feed and I saw a, a podcast from a, a very famous podcaster who has millions of listeners. He does true crime podcasts and he all of a sudden had this new podcast about extraterrestrials. And so I kid you not, I pull it up and I listen to it and it's pretty much exactly the same as what I was putting together. And this is like right after I had that session with his psychic. And even the music that he had for his episode was very, very close to what I had in mind. And I was like, what? what, what? I was actually pretty disappointed for a while, for a yeah, long time. Yeah, I was wondering how that would affect you. Yeah, uh -huh. it, it really upset me because I had put a lot of time into it. But then I figured this is probably the universe's way of telling me this is not for you. Like I have something else that I'm supposed to do. I mean, you could still do it because you're you and he's him. And I could see both sides, right? Like, yeah, I think that we are all we're an individual essence. So even if somebody's doing the same, lots of people are probably writing books about the dark awakening as well. But like my story is my energy is my energy. I mean, you could still do it. But I also could see like how it could maybe be a sign to direct you in a different way. Yeah. And I thought about it that way too. And so I kind of still, I kept going and 
yeah, I thought that and I was like, oh, maybe I'll just press on because I have different ideas. So what happened is, this is also very weird. I was kind of going through one of my old UFO books, one of my favorites, and it's like super thick. It's probably like 300 pages and it's got pictures and everything in it. And I came across, I was actually looking for something, but I couldn't find it. But I kept coming across this one story about this guy. His name was Pat McGuire. And his story is extremely fascinating. What's weird about his story is that he was having all these experiences right near where I grew up at the time that I was there. So he was experiencing all this craziness and I was literally like the next town over. So that's kind of what got my attention on this guy, Pat McGuire in Wyoming. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to put an episode together about this guy and it'll be different than what this other person put out. And I'll just have my own thing. I went and I interviewed people that knew him and I talked to them and I have recordings from them and they talked about their experiences and they were really good. Here's what happened next. Then one of the people that knew him, it was like his sister or his niece, one of those two, I was talking to them and they told me, well, I can't tell you that much because his son has been talking about writing this book for years and years. And I don't want to tell you something that he's going to put in his book. And I was like, oh, that's fine. I was like, can I have his contact and I'll, I'll talk to him. And they gave it to me and I reached out, but he never got back in touch with me. So I went forward and I just kept putting my story about Pat McGuire together and it was coming along pretty well. And then maybe a couple weeks into it, my mom sends me a text and this story about Pat McGuire is like 40 years old. It's like 30 something years old, right? It's very old and nobody, nobody has been researching this story, talking about it, nothing. When I go online and search for it before now, all I could find was like some old like forum archives where they were talking about it because the only other place it was ever in was in this book that I have. And this story about Pat McGuire was in this book and it's really nowhere online. That's one of the reasons I liked it too is because it wasn't like one of the really well-known UFO stories. And so anyway, my mom sends me a text and it's titled like Pat McGuire ufos or something and i'm like what what is this this is crazy and so i click it it's a whole story in the huffington post about pat mcguire and what happened to him it was his son that wrote the article and so i'm pretty sure it was me that kind of provoked him to finally get up and write something about it and i think he felt worried <laughs> that I was going to put this podcast out about his dad. Mm -hmm. And so he went ahead and just put out whatever he could really quickly. Mm -hmm. And the Huffington Post got it. And it was viral. Like it was a huge story. A lot of people read that article. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so that was the second thing. I was like, you know what? This is really it. The universe is truly trying to tell me that these stories are for someone else to put out to the world, not for me. So that's why I decided, okay. I'm going to stop doing this because it's really, truly a waste of my time right now. So, And you're like, I'm going to put an energetic psychic protection around all of my ideas moving forward that. <laughs> yeah, or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a good perspective, though, rather than I mean, I was joking about this because sometimes people say that I think people worry about this idea of the collective consciousness that, yes, my unique ideas and contribution are going to be stolen because we are really connected. And I, I experienced a lot more telepathy first 
triggered from Twin Flame and and then really with more and more people that I'm close to. And so this idea of having this unified consciousness, 5D, where we don't protect all of our energy in a way that other people can't tune in, it can sound kind of scary or frightening. But then I think one, like I said, if it really was something that you were so passionate about and you're really drawn to, you could still do it because you're always going to have your own unique take on it. But also, yeah, if it's not for you to be able to bow down and concede like, okay, well, this is for someone else. And there's something else for me to be able to let it go. I think all of those are really beautiful lessons, right? That we don't have to guard from a fearful place this is mine, whether it's an idea or whether just in a lot of ways, right? That's that old scarcity mindset of like, oh, I found this special thing and I need to guard and protect it and it's mine and nobody else, I might lose it versus this free open thing. Like, hey, if it's meant for me, the universe will make that obvious. And if it's not, that's okay. Something better is coming in. So it sounds like you kind of worked through that and made that shift. Yeah, I did, actually. In a way, it was like bittersweet. It's like, oh, I really put a lot of time and effort into it, and I did love it. But at the same time, I did realize like, oh, the universe does want me to do something different. And there was also something good in just like, it felt good to just let the universe kind of guide me too. there is really this intelligence that's got a better perspective than I do. And I think I'm gonna let it do its thing instead of fighting against it or even being bitter about it and then also it's hard to put out a produced podcast like that by yourself it takes a tremendous amount of time so yeah I feel like there's probably more efficient ways of me doing what I need to do anyway because I think if you really want to do something like that you probably need a team of people to help you Mm -hmm. and like you were saying earlier this is the time for people to come together like that to do things like that so I feel like if I was truly meant to do that then those people would have started showing up in my life Mm -hmm. and they didn't so they're gonna show up somewhere else I I have faith in that yeah it could come back it could come back later as something same way yeah sometimes I feel like the carrot gets dangled but it's not quite time yet I've seen that with relationships and things too. And I feel like, oh yes, this is it. And then it falls apart and I'm like, oh my gosh, what happened? It seemed like it was really going to work out. Sometimes it's like, oh no, you're kind of given a glimpse of something, but there's still more inner work and transformation to happen before it's time for something. So whether that's an idea or whether that's being self-employed or whether that's a relationship, we all have these different things that sometimes we get a taste of but then maybe it's not either the right season for that, or maybe something else is meant to come in. And yeah, so there's a big lesson in trusting the divine, right? It's like, oh, I have what I think I want and when I think I want it. (laughs) And that's not always going to be in the highest and best, even though I can't see and understand why right now is not the time that's okay. It's really trusting that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's that. And then there's also, I feel like a big lesson to be learned is patience for people too. That seems like a big theme right now as well. Yes. When you were talking about going back to work for someone else, and I was thinking in a different way, I remember my spirit guide, Will, had told me at the beginning of this year 
this is going to be a year of patience. I'm just going to have to keep pushing forward, even though it's going to seem like, you know, I like to have quick results. I like to see something boom happen. This isn't going to be one of those years. He told me the very beginning of the year, he's at the stage, patience, perseverance, and spiritual maturity. And I really seen that a lot. Like I said, with my book, the first book was just like, wow, it just like, boom, boom, boom. It was birthed. And then this one, I was like, oh man, why is it just seem like I can't see the end of this? It seems like I'm slowly trudging along and I really want to just get this book out. And it's like, no, it's not time yet. You're going to just have to keep plugging away at it. And there's just a lot of things like that this year that I've just had to keep plugging away. And I, I like this idea of spiritual maturity because it's not like in your case, it could feel like, oh, you've given up your free will, but actually it was a very mature decision that you made that for right now, the good of you and your family is that, okay, I can do this for right now. And this is going to set us up in a better place. This isn't forever, but this is a very smart, stable, mature thing to do. And it was a choice that you made. You probably learned some things from when you were self-employed in those two years of like, oh, next time I'm probably going to do it a little different to make sure that it's sustainable over the long term. And so you got to have a taste of that, but then, okay, now, now you're going to set up the foundation and it's going to take some plugging away and patience and perseverance before you really get to that place where you can do that and sustainable. And I feel like that's the same for me this year. There's just a bunch of different things that have come up where, okay, I just, I need to keep going and don't get to have the carrot at the end of the stick yet. But I know that all of the good work that I'm doing inwardly or in my business or in my life, it is taking me somewhere, even though I can't see it just yet. Yeah, it's so true. Your guide will, he's always spot on too. Like you should have some sort of a newsletter or something where you put out what Will is saying and every so often, like maybe once a quarter or something. And <laughs> I was thinking, you know how people say, what would Jesus do? I was like, what would Will say? <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing with Will, I was telling a friend of mine recently, he doesn't always come around. I, I don't have him like on call sitting here. I mean, believe me, I try. I'm like, Will, what's going on? Emergency, red alert, red alert, Will. He doesn't just always show up. He's like, you've got this. I can sort of see because he shows up kind of like a purple light. I'll see him, especially when I lay down to go to sleep. A lot of times I'll feel his energy. I'll see him, but he won't like answer my questions. <laughs> He's just there as a presence. And then he'll pop in every now and then and tell me something. He has this whole year really told me, like, you're doing a good job. I'm proud of you. You are learning your lessons, but he's not telling me. I'm like, yeah, but how do I figure this out? Give me the answer. Give me the clarity on this or whatever. He's not doing that. He blesses me with his messages every now and then, but they're not on my timeline or anything. So I use my tarot cards a lot to get clarity. Of course, I write in my journal and I work through things, but then I just connect to my higher self and I'll ask a question and use my tarot cards to give me clarity. And they're so accurate. But of course, I love the very personalized messages that Will will give me. But yeah, I'm just thankful when they do come through. 
Yeah, too bad. Too bad he's not on call. But yeah. <laughs> but when he comes through, you should definitely let us know. Because I feel like he's always, he's pretty right. He's pretty accurate. It's, it's, yeah, it's amazing. And I do really appreciate just that he gave me some heads up at the beginning of the year because it feels like, hey, why can't I see, you know, why doesn't anything seem to be like happening? But he already kind of, that's how I feel about astrology too. It's just like a heads up. It's a heads up. Like right now, as we're recording this, tomorrow starts Mercury retrograde. I like that heads up. That's going to be three weeks where I'm going to make extra time. I'm going to slow down. I'm going to always check when I go to, because one of the big things that happens to me is I, I go to work and I don't have my phone. This happens to me all the time in Mercury. I like rush out of the house, get to work. I don't have my phone. Well, my phone has all of my client, imp, like all of my scheduling information and then how they can contact me when they arrive. So if I don't have my phone, it's like, oh my gosh, I don't have a way to do my business. Or during Mercury retrograde, clients are late or they get lost. This is commonly happening. At least when I have that heads up, then it's not startling me or frustrating me as much because I'm aware that those kinds of things can happen. So anyway, yeah, I do appreciate. Thank you, Will, <laughs> for giving me the heads up at the beginning of this year that just put your head down, do the work, keep plodding away and and you're going to feel, I do feel stronger and more balanced. Oh, one of the nice things I've been doing that rainbow, you know, how we had Chloe, my teacher doing the rainbow bridge technique since last year. And that's something I've been doing fairly consistently and being very disciplined about, which are not my usual keywords. <laughs> and I've really seen how much more stability it's given me in things that triggered like particularly in a connection with one person who can very catalytic energy, a lot of triggering. And then when this person came back into my life again, I found that I'm responding so differently. And it's just a really nice sense of seeing that the work that I've been doing, like it does change the way that I'm energetically responding to certain actions or words from other people. So yeah, I think we don't get the instant kind of, we like to to have the, the instant satisfaction of seeing something. But if you look back, maybe just even, it's kind of nice we're doing this. It's, it's a little past mid-year, but it is good to kind of go back and look at like, oh, how's the year been going so far? And acknowledge any shift or growth that you've made or the work that you've accomplish, whether that's outwardly or inwardly. I definitely do that at the end of the year, but I think it's great to do it mid-year as well. So just us having this conversation is kind of an opportunity for that. Yeah, we should do this more often because I feel like we have only done this a few times in the past couple of years where it's just you and I. Yeah, the beginning, it started off, it was just you and I, and we were just like having these conversations. And then we started to have guests, and which is great. And, and, and you and I learned so much from that. And all sorts of cool little ripple effects again happen in my business or in the people in our community and so forth. But yeah, let's do this every now and then, at least once every season, let's have kind of a check-in with us. And I think it's very 
relatable as well, just to talk about what's going in our life. Because like we said, really, these are collective themes that are happening. And so we're just an example of the one to the many, whatever's going on. And whenever you and I talk, we can see the parallels of what's going on in our lives. Even we have very different lives, and yet there will be some core themes that are running through. So yeah, it's it's crazy. It's really weird. And you don't really ever know that until you sit down and talk to someone. And you're like, oh, wow, mm-hmm. that's interesting. I was going through the same thing pretty much. Well, thank you so much for coming on and taking the time to share. <laughs> your. <laughs> thank you for coming on and taking the time. <laughs> All right. Well, this was great. Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond the Illusion. And thanks to everyone that made this podcast possible. Produced and hosted by Tim Howe and Tiana Roser. Music by Casey Henson. For more information, please visit beyondtheillusionpodcast.com. Thank you so much to everyone who took the time to post a review for this podcast. We really appreciate it. Take care.